1: Also, if you're a minor, please check with your parent and or guardian, as you need to have permission to listen to these podcasts. We will potentially talk about violent subject matter, sexual content, and difficulties human beings face on their day-to-day lives in recovery. So please, just you can continue just telling the story. I, I just didn't want to not get you on on recorded because you're incredible, so... Yeah. Oh, David! So I'll just take a you brief guys. second to just introduce you. Um, when this comes out, uh, it's Karen is here, and I got to tell you honestly, I've known you for quite a while, right? Quite a while, and uh, you are one of the toughest humans I've ever met. met
0: right? Really, David? Oh, absolutely,
1: one of the toughest. Like, and you're just telling us a story about how you you broke your femur, yes. and had to wait weeks to get treated months months will so turn into seven
2: and a half months I walked on it oh my goodness yeah Wow and so when I finally saw this dr. Prism Schneider she got me in the week later like mm-hmm. she said absolutely I'll see her as soon as I get back but she'll be my first patient and she x-rayed me and she said Karen I am a trauma surgeon, so I operate Tuesdays and Thursdays Mm -hmm. on my patients. And since today's Thursday, she said, but then I also work Saturday and Sunday, but I do trauma Saturday and Sunday. Mm -hmm. So she said, how's Saturday? This was Thursday afternoon. Wow. And I went, Or Thursday morning. Yeah. And I went, oh, um, ah, like in two days. And she said, yes, Karen, it's serious. Like you have a very badly broken femur and it's the largest bone in your body and we have to fix it. And I said, oh my goodness, is there any way I could have like one extra day or two extra days? So actually that was a Thursday. So she said, how Saturday is what she said. And I said, oh, I said, I need to do my bedding. I need to do my laundry. Mm -hmm. I need to, you know, get set up for this big surgery. Like how long is the recovery? Mm -hmm. And she said, a year, Yeah, a good year. Wow. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my goodness. So she gave me till Tuesday morning. Yeah. She said, the only thing with that is Tuesdays and Thursdays are my trauma days. So if the helicopter flies in, if stars flies in, yeah. and I have to put somebody back together, you're going to be admitted first thing Tuesday morning, and I might not get to you till Thursday night. Mm-hmm. I said, that's fine. Yeah. I'll lay in a hospital bed for two days. doesn't matter. Well, she got to me first thing in the morning, um, tuesday morning so i had that extra couple days to get everything ready and i had a lot to get ready when you you know only have one leg to use and uh geez holy crow so i was in hospital about nine days seven or nine days something like that and i thought oh my goodness i thought my back was my hardest surgery yeah. ever yeah but it was my leg the femur hey? the femur oh the femur <clears throat> so i've been recovering from that for now 15 well it that was after the may long weekend so may june july august september october so 12 that's 17 months so it took about 15 14 15 months. Really? Hey? Before the pain was completely gone. Wow. But I have an 18 inch rod from the kneecap into the groin. Yeah. And then it's attached from with a plate that goes to the back of my hip. Wow. Another seven inch rod yeah. to the back of my hip. Boy, I'll tell you, that was a tough one. Yeah. And now I'm in for an a, a even tougher one.
1: And this is going to be your 67th.
2: That's coming. 66 up. or 67th yeah. surgery. Um, my shoulders been bad for years. Mm-hmm. And I have rheumatoid arthritis. I was diagnosed at the age of three. Three. Three years old. And um I, you know, by the time I hit high school, it got really, really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last year of grade 12, I was living with a girlfriend because her mom had lost her job and moved back to Toronto. And, and um, we had to find a place to live yeah. because she had nowhere to go. Her mom put her house up for sale on a Friday or lost her job Friday, put the house up for sale Friday night, sold it Saturday, and was back in Toronto by Sunday. Wow. And my girlfriend picked me up at the airport in tears and I was coming back from a hair class in Vancouver mm-hmm. and she picked me up at the airport and I said, Jody, what's the matter? And she said, I have nowhere to go. I said, Well, you're coming with me. Mm-hmm. So then mom said, Well, let's go get you guys girls an apartment. Yeah. So we moved out in grade twelve. Okay. So we were li- we lived off popcorn, you know, for like a year, right? <laughs> yeah. Got really skinny and <laughs>
1: popcorn and noodles right.
2: Popcorn and noodles. yeah, that was <laughs> that was it. And every once in a while we'd get these great care packages from my mom.
1: Oh, they always meant so much. Too.
2: Oh, yeah, it would fill the fridge, you know, for yeah. a while, right? Anyhow, so um that's kind of when I got really, really sick. Mm. And then, Right out of high school, my surgery started. Yeah. And when I was 19, I purchased... I was blessed enough to be able to purchase a business Mm -hmm. and bought a hair salon and ran that for, oh, I don't know, 12 or 13 years. And then I just couldn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. So, well, maybe it was even longer than that, David, because I think I i uh, had to retire in my later 30s okay so i haven't worked since yeah you know and it's just been operation after operation after operation yeah and my girlfriend said to me not long ago she said you know karen why all of a sudden is it your shoulder mm-hmm. and i said it's not all of a sudden mm-hmm. my shoulder rheumatoid arthritis is a disease where the immune system attacks the Soft tissue, and it attacks the lining of the joint. Once the lining of the joint is gone, then it attacks the tendons, ligaments, Mm -hmm. muscle. um, The synovial gland pops out, which is your pocket of water that's in between all your joints before Mm -hmm. the cartilage, in between the cartilage, um, allows us to move without hurting, right? Yeah. That pops out, and then the joint falls. And then the cartilage wears out and then you're bone on bone and then you're bone on bone for uh, quite a few years before they finally operate. So So now this shoulder in March, as soon as COVID hit, mm -hmm. the night before my mom was the last flight out of Mexico. Yeah. And I'm on the phone to her, Mom, do you realize that the whole world has shut down? Mm-hmm. And she's like, Oh no, we're fine. We're just having a great old time. <laughs> and I said, Mom, wow. Las Vegas has closed every casino. Mm-hmm. They've never had to do that yeah. in the world, ever. Yeah. You know, like the whole world's shut down. Yeah. And she got home and she <clears throat> said, I wanna go, I wanna go get a burger. I said, You can't. Yeah. You have to you have to isolate for fourteen days, so the night before that, I sat down. I had gone to Walmart with my um, my sister, and we got everything we needed for a long haul, mm-hmm. right? Like water and yeah, paper towel and all that kind of stuff, toilet paper and whatever. Yeah, and nobody was wearing masks then, and and it wasn't you know it was the 17th of March or something
3: Mm
2: -hmm. and um mom I said I'm sorry I can't pick you up you know I can't pick you up you're gonna have to take a cab home and then once she came through the airport she realized how serious it was and uh anyways that night I I was having horrendous pain in my arm like the whole arm, like Mm -hmm. shoulder, but the arm was burning, 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 burning. And I was in physio and she was digging and digging and digging Mm -hmm. in my shoulder. And it would feel better sometimes and then it would just really make it way worse. So um, I don't think it was her. It was just the damage that was Mm -hmm. so bad. So I'm sitting in this chair the night before mom comes home from Mexico. And I hear this pop. And my arm went like this. And, and you
1: were I, just sitting there.
2: And I was just sitting there, David, and my whole bicep bicep ruptured off oh. my shoulder. I have never had so much pain in my life. So my bicep is sitting on the side of my arm, just above my elbow. Yeah. And I saw the shoulder surgeon who... My leg surgeon said, I know him with her teeth closed, mm-hmm. you know. She said, I know him really, really well, and I can get you in for an appointment. Mm-hmm. So she called him, and sure enough, he said, I will see her ASAP. And uh, mm-hmm. and um, uh, she said, but I don't know what ASAP looks like at this time, Karen, mm-hmm. because of COVID. So uh, it took about, took till September. Yeah. And because 90% of the uh, Mm. operating rooms were closed. Yeah. So he said, we're actually on time. So I went and saw Dr. LeBlanc last month and he said, we're actually on time, Karen. But since the operating rooms were closed for five months, Mm -hmm. you know, we're behind a bit. Yeah. So it's going to be four to six months. So that's when I called you and said, yeah. I can do October 17th. Yeah. No problem. And, uh, I got the call the other day. It's December 7th. Oh, so he's pushing it <clears throat> and he was pushing all these appointments, yeah. like one after the other, And like yeah. the last two weeks I've been every day appointments, appointments, yeah. MRIs, CT scans, um, pre-op five and a half hour pre-op, you know, where you see like six doctor, five mm-hmm. doctors or something. I've got one more appointment on Tuesday and then I'm done. Oh, nice. Because it, it exhausts me. <laughs> oh, it must. And I have to go all the way to South Calgary campus oh, hospital. Dear. So when I saw him, I said, I said, You don't need to tiptoe toe around the tulips. Mm-hmm. I'm a big girl and I've had many, many, many surgeries and I can handle it. Yeah. So give it to me and give it to me straight. Mm hmm. And he said, okay. And I had my sister with me, who is my absolute rock. Yeah. She went through the um, opiate uh, taper with me for two okay. and a half years. Yeah. She just sat with me and helped me through it. And no, nobody else in the family asked any questions. It was just Kathy and I. And even my mom didn't ask a question. And... Anyways, Kathy was with me at the surgeon, and she's a little introvert, and I'm an extrovert, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> so in walks this great big surgeon. And I went, Oh, well, hello. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I've got a piece of paper. I'm kind of fanning myself because yeah. I'm having a hot flash and like literally <laughs> a real hot flash. Yeah. And he goes, Okay, okay. <laughs> And I said, actually, I'm really shy around men. And he said, I've never, he said, you must be an extrovert. He said, I've (laughs) never met a shy extrovert in my life. Anyways, we kind of giggled. So (laughs) he gave it to me true. And he said, Karen, this, I saw your MRI the other day and it's bad. And there's nothing left of the femur head or the um, tibula head. Yeah. That fits in the socket, that's gone. So it's all worn out. So I've got to cut straight across so that I can put a post in with a ball on it. He said, but then I need to realign your socket because your socket's a mess. It's all chewed up. Yeah. He said, so I bet you right now, and he said, the reason why you have a Popeye arm. Is because your bicep ruptured. And I said, I'll never forget when that happened yeah. in March. The pain was horrendous. Oh, it sounds excruciating. It, it was so bad, David. Yeah. And I needed something for pain then. I mean, yeah, it was course. like, bring it on. Of I don't course. care what it is, please. And uh, he said, it's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. And I said, so how long am I in the hospital for? Since I'm going way down to South Carolina campus. And I'm in the Northwest. And he said, just overnight. And I said, a seven and a half hour surgery and I'm going to be in just overnight? Yeah. And he said, I'm just keeping you overnight because of just for some pain control. Yeah. You're going to see the pain team and they're going to follow you. He said, because you're a different kind of case than most yeah. people that are healthy. Yeah. He, he said, we need to have someone follow you. So that that's where I go on Tuesday. But um, anyway, so I think this is number 66 or 67. And um, I said, how long is the recovery? And he said, 12 to 18 months. Wow. And I said, oh, my goodness, I have fluff from my sweater. <laughs> Sorry, guys.
1: You don't have to apologize for anything. It's all good.
2: Anyway, so that'll be December 7th. So we've already decided before mm-hmm. that even came up that we weren't going to do Christmas dinner. Yeah, It's just too hard. We haven't seen my, I haven't seen my brother-in-law who's in Crossfield with my sister since last Christmas. Yeah because he's just been he's been busy. He's got a a shop there called Shorty's and uh he does like all the world of wheels, cars and oh, okay. does like bodywork and paint yeah. and does all real fancy paint jobs yeah. and stuff like that. And uh he's got a lot of his own um handicap issues as well, so he understands me and it's it's tough, you know. Um but it's nice to have somebody in the family mm. that says, you know, I know you're hurting tonight, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, am I ever?
1: Oh, God, it must feel good to have someone to talk to
2: you. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. you know, I'm kind of um, like I was nominated years ago as Arthritis Hero of the Year. Really? Through the Arthritis Society. Yeah. And it ended up being little Leslie, who is with. Um, Dawn or David, they're they're in, I don't know, uh, one of the meetings, Harvest mm. Hills, I think, um, and a couple other girlfriends, <clears throat> and they just nominated me a, a, as their arthritis hero. Mm-hmm. So I was on the front of this magazine, and they did my whole story, and then another time um, they did my story for... The Bone and Joint Center over mm-hmm. at the McKeague Tower at the yeah. Hills Hospital, to raise money. Yeah, and the Canadian tenors played, and and that was down at the Jack Singer, and it was
3: fabulous. Cool.
2: And uh, I think we raised quite a bit of money that yeah. night, and so the difference with my story mm-hmm. and a child today. So you go back fifty years, right? Mm-hmm. So years and years of Mm anti-inflammatories and no drugs to really help. Yeah. Then it was gold shots for about 16, 17 years. What are gold shots? Gold shots are pure gold that they inject into your, like, intermuscular. So I'd always have it, you know, below my waist in that triangular area. Okay. And um, so every week I went for a gold shot for years and years. And what does
1: gold do? Like I, I've never heard of that before. Do
2: you know if you look it up, David, yeah. it, it will explain it. and okay. I, I really don't know exactly, but it does something with the immune system. Okay. okay. So it um really what they try to do is kill the immune system completely. And that's what they do today. So you've got your good cells and your bad cells, and your bad cells are T cells. Okay. Everyone has T cells. Mm-hmm. Rheumatoid patients have way too many T cells. Okay. Like three or four times the amount that you would have. Okay. So my bad cells attack my good cells. Yeah. And then it attacks the lining of all my joints. Okay. So okay. that's why it's joint after joint after joint. You wow. know, it'll. Like you know, I've got a bad knee, and I would think in a couple of years I'm going to need a knee replacement yeah. because it's bad. And
1: and so when you feel like a joint start to get bad, sore, you can probably tell. Hey, like what right away? What stage it's at, and yeah, wow, yeah,
2: because it's been fifty years, yeah, right, yeah. So when my girlfriend said, "Why all of a sudden is it your shoulder now, yeah. Karen?" I said, "It's not all of a sudden." Yeah. It's years and years and years and years. And
1: you felt it coming on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And my first MRI was 2014. Yeah. And even though I've got like the best, I've got a team of nine specialists. And they're all so good to me and treat me like a diamond in the rough <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, they they, they just, where was I going with this conversation now?
1: You're a diamond in the rough. Yeah. I'm a diamond in the rough. You are,
2: I am a diamond in the rough. Um, I think I was talking about back when they were trying to raise money in yes. the story of, um, the, the kids today, let's go to mm-hmm. that. Sure. The kids today that are diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, mm-hmm. you can be born with rheumatoid arthritis. Okay. Just like a child can be born with MS yeah. or cancer or any kind of autoimmune disease. Yeah. Okay. AIDS. I mean, I mean, not a child. I don't think is going to be born with AIDS yeah. unless the parent had AIDS. One of the parents but, has it. Yeah. Yeah, but. Um, or maybe
1: it has to be the mother i think i'm not sure
2: yeah i'm not sure anyways all i know is um there are children that are born with it and Mm -hmm. it just it's just i can't handle it when i see little kids with this disease i i have to leave because it literally makes me sick yeah
1: like do you see them at the pain clinic and stuff yeah
2: yeah and cast clinics and stuff you know when i I can see, and I'll I'll never forget when I was doing hair, this guy came in and I was doing his hair and his eyes were glossed over with this film. Mm -hmm. And he said, I don't see very well. He said, I have rheumatoid... And I knew he had rheumatoid arthritis because his hands were like... His hands looked like mine. And, you know, all shooting over to one side. And he was kind of walking really slowly and and I could tell right away. And I thought, oh, dear, how am I going to do this? And here I've got the same disease and I see his eyes. Mm -hmm. And he said, if you could just show me exactly where the chair is. And I thought, shoot, he's got the arthritis. has hit his eyes. It's in his eyes, eh? So nine years ago it hit my eyes. Oh, and I woke up one day and I had these big zigzags in one eye, and the doctor said, "Karen, I'm sorry to tell you, but I can't fix it." He said your rheumatoid has hit your eyes. So, mm. but I just have drops that okay, I, you know, and yeah. it's under control right now. And I've had a few. I think I've had four or five eye surgeries. Have for, you for that? Yeah, wow. but nothing compared to. Like I've got a, a stepsister, a lovely sister, who I just call her my sister, who um, has had like forty-some odd eye surgeries, and finally she had her eye removed this wow. year. But they kept the shell of the eye. What was
1: going on in her eyes?
2: Was it arthritis? many? Yes, like yeah. um, iritis. Oh wow! Uh, many, many problems. Many. She had transplants. She had. Implants, she had, I mean, she had everything wrong. So she was every week at the eye specialist mm-hmm. and every two hours, ding, eye drops, seven yeah. different kinds of eye drops. Oh, wow. And then every two hours, ding, yeah. seven different kinds of eye I mean, bless her heart. Wow. So what they did though, is she could have had the whole thing removed yeah. or... She could have um, just had the whole inside removed. Okay. And so that's what she chose. Okay. So she still had the shell of the eye. Mm-hmm. And then once that healed, um, an artist just sat and talked to her for an hour, yeah. hour and a half, and actually drew out her iris, like her okay. the color of her eye yeah. and the pupil. And then it just kind of clicked into the shell oh, okay. of the eye and it looks so good well, that's amazing it looks like she's had has had no trouble at all yeah it's I mean, amazing they can oh, do oh my goodness so anyways through all this many 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 people have said hmm. how do you stay sober
1: well I was gonna ask you that myself yeah right? like, how, like how does that even fit in with starting with so much pain? Yeah. Right.
2: So pain is all I know. Yeah. And um, when I came off the opiates, I had huge fear of, oh my God, what is it going to be like? Mm-hmm. Now I didn't come off them a hundred percent because then this happened.
1: And not all at once, of course, because that's. Oh no! It was terrifying. like two and a half years. Yeah. yeah.
2: Two and a half years, three to five percent at yeah. a time. And this doctor, he's one of a kind. He's a psychiatrist, a pain specialist, and an addiction doctor. Oh, wow. So he's three different doctors, and he's wanted all over the world. Mm-hmm. And we have him here in Calgary. So he worked out of the Calio Clinic, and uh, that's where I saw him. And then finally he said, Karen, I'm, I'm now leaving this clinic and going down to the Sheldon Schumer. Mm-hmm. And I said, Oh, I don't want to go there. Yeah. Because he said, You're going to be kind of going up and you got to ring a doorbell and you got to go up. And one side is going to be like people like you. And then on the other side is going to be, you know, people on the street coming in for their drugs. Yeah. And then they'll have a place to go and use mm. and safely. The safe and,
1: consumption sites.
2: Yes. Yeah. And I have a girlfriend that runs that place and she, she's amazing. She's 13 years in the program as well. well.
1: Anyone involved with that's amazing.
2: I mean, it's, really? Yeah. It's I mean, life-saving shit. Right? Life-saving. Yeah. Big time. Um, but I was driving one day and I drove right past the site and I saw my girlfriend and I saw her through the window and I saw her working away with, you know, a, a, mm-hmm. a patient and she was taking him into the room after he finished using. And and then some guy came out out of nowhere and I'm stopped at a red light. So I'm by myself. I'm stopped at the red light and I've got my music cranked mm-hmm. and all of a sudden smash and not break through the glass. But this guy just boom, right into my car, walks right into my car and he's like Grueling. and And I'm thinking, oh, my God here's this heroin addict and he's supposed to be in the rubber room right now. Mm-hmm. He's not supposed to be out on the road. Yeah. He's going to kill him. You know, he's going to get killed, yeah. but it scared me so badly. So I said to Dr. Tangay who tapered me, mm-hmm. I said, I don't, I don't really want to go there. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, you can go to your family doctor and finish your taper. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I did, and and now my family doctor's retiring, so I have to find a new family doctor. And she said, Karen, I'll help you because you're mm-hmm. not an easy patient. Like my files are like this yeah. everywhere I go. Well,
1: how many X-rays? Five hundred, and some you said. Five hundred and eighty-two. I think you yeah, said. Yeah. That's that's a long. It's a big file.
2: I mean, it, it's <laughs> it's like that. Like when they come when I'm at the cast clinic, David, mm-hmm. they bring the whole hoist. With A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. Yeah. I mean, usually it's John Smith, David Mm Leary, Karen Robinson, Darcy, you know, and and those are all the patients that the surgeon will see that day. Yeah. Mine is the whole tray, Mm -hmm.
1: the whole... The
2: whole day. Thing. Yeah. Like, it's just like, because my files are... A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, yeah. M, N, O, P. Not just A, 1, 2, 3. Yeah. Minor. A, 1, 2, 3. B, 1, 2, yeah. 3. C, 1, 2, 3. This is why so, I
1: describe you as one of the toughest humans I've ever met. Oh, uh, right? well, right?
2: bless you, David. But it's That's, true. You know, but I I honestly can say that I've never wanted to drink. Wow. I've never wanted to drink through yeah any of this.
1: What got you to stop drinking in the in the first place?
2: An intervention. Okay. So is that my salon? Yeah. This was December twenty second. It so this December will be twenty seven years ago. Wow! Congrats. I'm not twenty seven years sober. Yeah. I'm twenty two years sober, yeah. coming up on twenty three. Um. But that year it would either be twenty six or twenty seven years ago. So anyways, um my mom usually puts up like five or six Christmas trees throughout her home. Yeah. And then she lines, she had white plush carpet. This is years ago, all the way up the stairs and the whole upstairs. Right when the grandkids were starting to arrive right let's put white carpet on the floor and then let's put plastic down underneath the dining room table yeah just in time for the kids to for the babies to arrive I don't have children myself but my sister does so they're my girls Mm -hmm. of course it's it's funny and and my other um sister has two kids and my stepbrother has one and my other stepbrother has one. And so all these kids are arriving and mom puts white plush carpet through the whole house. Anyways. So <laughs> <laughs> she used to have point set us up each side of the stairs. Okay. And my stepfather. So when I was a little girl, my dad left when I was two, oh. not quite two. Yeah. And so I was just this little girl who always wanted her daddy. Mm -hmm. And he married his secretary and moved to Iran. He was in the sulfur business. Yeah. And he moved to Iran. And um, then he moved to Chicago, got out of Iran just in time in the 70s.
0: Before the war with Iraq. Yes. Yeah.
2: And then he he was in Tehran actually. Mm. And then he went to Chicago and then New York city and had another family. So I have a little sister and two little brothers from his second marriage. Now he's on his third marriage that he's been married for 30 years and he's, um, 85 years old now and not, not well. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's something that I'm, facing with right now. But I was a little girl who always wanted her dad, and mm. he was never, never, ever there. He, he'd come home to see Grandma and Grandpa in Lacombe, Alberta. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I just cried all the time. I had pain, mm-hmm. and I wanted my dad. Yeah. And my mom was this strong, He, he when he left, From my understanding, now I'm not going to, you know, say anything bad, but I guess he drove away in mom's car and left her with no car, and she had two kids in her arms, and he went around the block, and he came back, and he said, and I'm going to tell you another thing, young lady. You're never going to make it on your own. Wow. And my mom said, watch me. Mm. So my mother's parents were wealthy, mm. and he would always. Ugh, I really didn't want to get into this, but it is part of my story. Mm-hmm. Um, he he would say your grandparents' money raised you girls, mm. but he doesn't realize that, you know, we ate. Mom didn't eat for for days to yeah. feed my sister and I. Wow. And she had $6 at the end of every month left over. And that was to go and get her hair done. Yeah. And one time my grandfather, her dad, my mom's dad, phoned and said, why don't you get the kids and meet Mm -hmm. us in Disneyland? And mom says, well, dad, I don't have the money to do it. And grandpa said, I'll buy the tickets. Mm -hmm. I'll pay for everything. Just get up here. You need a little holiday. They were in Arizona at the time. They lived in Arizona in the winter, and Edmonton in the summer. And um, so we did. We went to Disneyland, and I have really good memories of that. Knott's Knott's Berry Farm, and <laughs> and and I was really quite young, and and I remember my sister throwing up on my Mickey Mouse um, sucker. <laughs> The, on in the plane, on the plane coming home, I was so mad at her. I was so mad. Yeah. And I think I was only like five or something. Like, I just have that memory of her throwing up all over my sucker. And I'm like, huh. Oh. Anyways, mom came home with the same six dollars in yeah. her pocket. Wow. Isn't that something? Yeah. Yeah. It is. So then she remarried. Yeah. And we went from eating craft dinner and wieners and beans to filet mignon mm-hmm. and my stepdad was in the oil business and so was my mother and but mom did it on her own like yeah. she she even said to my stepdad like when he when they got married he was many years her senior 17 mm. years her senior okay, so wow. she was 35 he was 52 so now there's this old man moving in our house mm. and now i can't sleep with mom on the weekends i want my dad mm-hmm. And I don't like this man. Yeah. I don't like him at all. He's an old man. All my friends were scared of him. He drank. Mm-hmm. I didn't like him. Didn't talk to him for 10 years. Wow. Till I moved out when yeah. my girlfriend, when my girlfriend's mom moved away. Yeah. Anyways, in the end, we became best, best, best friends. Before he passed. He passed 18 years ago. And, um, he really gave me the life I have today, Yeah, you know, um, or the life I had growing up, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, you got me my first car and signed a co-signed the loan mm-hmm. for my first and, and, and they, he had antique cars, he had 13 antique cars and my mom and him both drove like either a Lincoln or a Cadillac at the time. And and I remember him taking me to Gary Satorio over at Shaganapi, who I went to school with. Hmm. And Gary's like, oh, yeah, we'll have Bruce take care of you. So here's my stepdad, and he's in his shop clothes. He's got dirty shop clothes and his old moccasins on hmm. and shiny pants that have been dry cleaned so many times they're shiny, right? <laughs> And mom's like throwing them out and he's digging them out of the garbage because he rebuilt antique cars for a hobby. And so we went in all the Easter parades and we were in the stampede parade. And so we had a good life like Mm. that growing up and, 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 and I had whatever I needed, Mm. you know, as a, as a child after my mom remarried, um, and I remember going for my very first car. And of course, back then, mm-hmm. you know, ego, right? As big as the room. <laughs> and I want a brand new Z28 mm-hmm. IROC.
1: That's a nice car, though.
2: It was a nice car. Yeah. yeah. And it was that bright blue. And it had the T-tops. And and I think I was 17 or 18 but it took me four months to get the nerve up to ask him if he would co sign mm-hmm. for me. I didn't want to ask my mom. Yeah. I'm not asking mom for nothing. No. You know, like that's just how, it, how it's always been. Mm-hmm. And so it took me many months. And I went into his shop in the garage and I said, Papa. And he said, oh, hello, Karen. And I said, I have a question. He said, what's that? And I said, "Um, I know we don't talk very often because I didn't like him. Mm -hmm. And I said, but I really need a new car. And he goes, yeah, because you blew the motor in the car I gave you, which was my company car, because you never changed the oil. (laughs) He said, I'm going to tell you something. I will co-sign for this loan to build your credit.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He said, but your mother and I own 15 cars, 13 antique cars, and we each have our own car. So we don't need another car. So if you miss one payment, that car's gone. Yeah. So trust me, I did every job there was, Yeah. you know, with school and and like in my in high school whether it was working at Walmart or Kmart or whatever it was at the time and Mm -hmm. and uh, a little hair salon on weekends and and uh, anyways made those car payments and paid that car off and and did everything for myself so nothing was definitely given Mm -hmm. to us we had to work hard because my mother was told she was never going to make it on her own. Yeah. And she did. And it wasn't from my grandparents. Yeah, It was because she worked really, really hard. Awesome. And we grew up in babysitters. And, you know, um, the babysitter would always say, oh, there's Karen crying again, you know. Mm. Always crying. Karen's always crying for attention. Wow. No, it's because it you're pain. in pain. Yeah. 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 So I've had pain all my life. And, uh, anyway, so the intervention. Mm-hmm. That's what we were talking about. Yeah.
1: So I love how you're going to different places. It's perfect. I'm sorry. No, it's I'm perfect. I'm sorry.
2: I feel like I'm jumping all over the place. But I was in it's my perfect. salon. I was on about day seven. Yeah. No sleep, no food. Nice bender. Big bender. Yeah. I had been followed. So they knew I was in my salon. The salon was locked and the alarm was on. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the back. And I heard a key go in the door and unlock. And I thought, oh my God, it's quarter twelve at night. I'm 103 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I'm normally 170. And... Then I heard the code go, and I went, my staff have have to call me, and I haven't been able to work for the last 11 months, so my staff doesn't even see me anymore. Like, they're running my shop for me because Mm -hmm. I'm so out of it. I can't work. And uh, in walked my mom and 13 other people, and they said, don't worry about us, Karen. We'll let you know when we're ready for you. Mm -hmm. Ah! So I take (laughs) off to the back, and I ended up looking in this mirror. And I looked at myself, and I went, oh, my God. I didn't know who was looking back at Mm -hmm. me. My eyes were sunken in. I was so thin. No one knew who I was. I mean, when I would go to the salon, on the days that I would go, like, every couple months... I would go straight to the back, and I would put, um, we'd wear these black capes when we do color and highlights Uh and stuff, and I'd put cape over cape over cape over cape to make me look bigger, right? Mm -hmm. Because I was so thin. So thin. So sick. And uh, anyways, I came out of the room, And one of the stations was all sanitized. And this woman walked up to me and she said, here's a cup to pee in. And I need you to roll up your sleeve and we're going to take your blood. And here's a portable machine for you to blow into. So could you please roll up your sleeve? Mm -hmm. And I said, no. And she said, then do you want to, do you want to go and pedal first? And I said, no. I said, and I'm not going to blow in that box either. And everybody's face just dropped. Yeah. And I just collapsed. And I said, if I, if you take my blood, if you make me pee in a cup or if I blow into that, it's going to be pure vodka and another substance. So, you know and that was 11 months of um, my gateway. The alcohol took me to a, a really, really, really bad place. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, try this, it'll take your pain away. Yeah. And I tried it, and for 11 months I became addicted and mm-hmm. lost 70 pounds.
1: It doesn't, it doesn't take long. with that. No,
2: shame, eh? no. And I would, and even when I was working, I'd come to work, like I'd, you know, mm-hmm. start Friday right after work and, or Saturday right after work. Yeah. And then I'd have Sunday, Monday off and I wouldn't show up till like Thursday, Friday and I'd be like 10 pounds thinner yeah. and everyone's like, does Karen have cancer or mm-hmm. something? Like yeah. what's going on with Karen? Yeah. So I was just so sick. Oh, my God, I was sick. Anyways. And pain, I'm imagining. And, and pain. And yeah. so, of course, it made the pain worse yeah. after many days. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that intervention saved my life. Yeah. So I know God had it all planned mm-hmm. because I believe God has our book of our life. And this is what I believe. Mm -hmm. And I believe that each day he just flips the page. He already Mm -hmm. knows what is in front of me. And today's what? Saturday. Saturday? Yeah. So Saturday. Tomorrow is Sunday. Mm -hmm. He knows exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. So I truly believe it was an intervention... Um, from God and my mother getting this together, and it saved my life. Mm-hmm. And that was way before the show intervention ever came out, yeah. you know. And so Probably when before
1: I, that show was even thought about,
2: yeah. And so when that happened, and everybody read their letters, like I had already hit the ground, mm-hmm. and um, I, I literally. Still had to sit there and listen to everybody tell, re- read their stories, and I just said, you know what, you guys, like, I'm ready. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Like, help, yeah, help me, or I'm gonna die. Mm-hmm. And the doctors actually said, like, one more day, and you would have, would have been it.
1: God, man, so close, eh? So close.
2: And medication as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like. I had a heart attack at 37 years old. Wow. Um, was in the light for six minutes. Mm. That's a whole another story.
1: You're welcome to talk about it here. We love those. Stories. Oh my yeah. gosh!
2: We I'll love never that. forget it. It took six months before I asked my mom if I had a little red tricycle. Yeah. Because God kind of shows you your life from childhood all the way up to. But a hand reached out, and it was just pure, pure, pure love. Mm-hmm. But I was I was having these chest pains and ended up... Um, I was getting ready for my Tuesday morning ladies' meeting yeah. that was held at different women's homes. And I had to cancel on that, and then I called my mom at work um, about quarter to 12, and I said... I, honest to God, think I'm having a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And it started last night. And the just heavy, heavy, heavy pain, or not pain, but pressure Mm -hmm. on my chest. But then by the time, you know, I got to the hospital, it was all down my left arm. And I was just hanging like this. And they took one look at me and just got me in slapped everything on me and said, oh my God, this girl's having a heart attack. And boom, 20 doctors around you asking every question in the book.
1: And you're fading quick.
2: And I'm fading. Yeah. I'm fading. And they said, okay, we're, we're, we're running you up. And mom had gone to park her car or something. And by that time, they said she's already gone up into the OR but the or was being hosed down mm-hmm. so the doctors in the er said once you get up there karen you're going to get a whole bunch of doctors around you like right now cuz everybody comes running from mm-hmm. everywhere if somebody's having a heart attack yeah. like there's no cuz if you go into cardiac arrest yeah which i did upstairs waiting for the er mm-hmm. um and I felt my soul leave too. Yeah. And they say it either leaves through your head or it leaves through, through your feet. And I was laying flat on a gurney. And there's all these doctors asking me. And all of a sudden, I can't hear them anymore. Mm-hmm. But their mouths are like... They're, yeah. And they're, you're watching
1: their mouths move. Yeah. yeah.
2: And they're kind of like, Karen, why aren't you answering? And I said, I can't hear you. And then my eyes went black. And I said, I'm slipping, I'm slipping. And it felt like somebody was lifting my bed, mm-hmm. but I wasn't being tipped. It felt like this. Yeah. It felt like so. I believe my soul yeah. was leaving through my feet. Honest mm-hmm. to God, that's what it felt like. Yeah. And then boom, I was in this light. Yeah. And it was pure beyond. Anything you can possibly imagine, pure love. Yeah. Where you don't even think, you don't even have the, the thought of who's behind and mm-hmm. how could I leave my family and yeah. everything else. And a hand reached out. First, I was this little girl on a red tricycle. And I have no comprehension of a red tricycle. Mm-hmm. I, I have no memory of that. With blue handlebars. Yeah. And so God was obviously showing me. I didn't see Jesus, um, but I saw a hand. Mm-hmm. And it was my Grandma Robinson's hand. It was mm-hmm. my dad's mum, who was the grandma and grandpa who used to get down on the floor and play with us. Yeah. The other grandma and grandpas were... The one we were to be seen and not heard, and we were to look our best, and you you just sit and be polite, mm-hmm. and that's all there is to it. Yeah. No questions asked. Those were the ones that took us to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. The other ones that lived in Lacombe, Alberta, that my dad would come back from Iran from, mm-hmm. and Chicago and New York City to see his grandparents, um, or see his parents. Yeah. Um, my mom would take us up there all the time. So we kind of grew up on the Robinson side um, with grandma and grandpa. And I know my grandma's my guardian, one of my guardian angels because I smell her. I get whiffs of her perfume. Mm -hmm. I also smell my stepdad when he's around and my hair stands way up. And this is all only happened since the heart attack. Mm -hmm. So my grandma said we're not ready for you Karen you have to go back and I said why mm-hmm. why and then boom I woke up and I see you and and all I can remember is everything was bigger brighter and louder mm-hmm. it's the only way I can describe it yeah. wow and that means if I walk into a room and there's a spirit that nobody can see mm-hmm. I feel it instantly really yeah. And I felt it when I walked in this door of this church, oh, did the front you? door. Yeah. yeah, there's spirits here. Yeah, no. I he... think I, I think I walked right past a, a memorial garden. Yep. There's. Yeah. Yeah. There's all yeah. kinds of stuff. I, my hairs were everywhere.
1: You, he's, you... he's literally witnessed it in here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, yeah. my hairs have been standing up since I got here, like especially yeah. on the back of my neck.
1: Has it? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird because churches have a lot of history. Lots. Yeah.
2: Lots. Yeah. And I, 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 as I was driving here tonight, I thought, I wonder if I'm going to encounter anybody else that nobody, yeah, <laughs> nobody can see. But if you've encountered it, no. yeah, I've, yeah, I, haven't I, seen I or have feel not it. stopped um, yeah. shivering yeah. up since the moment I walked in the doors. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like a God-given gift, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah they saved my life and here i am and i was 37 years old and and uh, life changed after that but for let, let's just say with this disease of arthritis and this disease of alcoholism i fought it for years the mm-hmm. arthritis and i didn't win yeah i wasn't winning i was just getting sicker and sicker and sicker mm-hmm. and then once i accepted it yeah my life changed. Yeah. And I became the person I am today. Right Happy, on. joyous, and free. Most of the time, yeah. I have my bad days where I need to rest and mm-hmm. stay in bed and, you know, do nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's hard to do much with this shoulder and mm-hmm. both my arms are bad and and my hands and and uh but I have a pretty blessed life. Yeah. And what has brought me the most blessings is the programme of Alcoholics yeah. Anonymous. Wow. And just, you know, really getting to know my higher power and and literally I hear him and uh it's just so many things have mm-hmm. gone on in my life that are so beautiful. Yeah so beautiful david
1: it, it's it's amazing that that uh, it's you're it's probably a lot and if you, you want to talk about that that's awesome because i'll tell you it's so incredible that you're here first of all yeah that and and i mean i know i'm sure you know that how yeah. how much of that is a miracle yeah right to yeah. and to still be sober and to still interact with people in the community right above to stay sold.
2: Helping other people. Yeah. And I'm I'm helping this young guy right now, and he's he's well, he's not quite forty. And I'll tell you, if he was fifty five, mm-hmm. I'd get down on one knee and marry him. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's very, and, and like I've it. never, ever dated anyone in the program. Yeah. Except one friend. We went to a movie and dinner on uh, uh, New Year's Eve a year and a half ago. Yeah. Or not this past New Year's, but the New Year's before. And everyone at the Glenmore meeting said, Oh, you had the balls to ask Karen out? <laughs> and I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? It's because you're royalty. Well, but really, I'm am just a, I'm just like everyone else.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Why? Why? Well, because you've got it together, Karen, and you, and you keep your head up high, and and I said, but and men are intimidated by you. Well, well, then I don't want to date yeah. a man that's intimidated by me. Yeah. I want a man that's proud of that that you're independent yeah. and, and and that you, you're and, a
1: badass, basically. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and you know the, the things on the phone mm-hmm. where you can make your avatar or whatever. There's one where there's this, where I'm driving, yeah. and it's got same haircut. And I'm driving and it says badass underneath it. And I'm on this Harley. (laughs) I'm like constantly sending that out to people. Well, that should be your avatar, I think. Oh my goodness. It's so funny. But it's like Dallin, you know, Mm. Dallin and Joni. I'll see Dallin. I've known them for years and years and years (sighs) with the whole, my whole sobriety and, uh, I'll say, and where's Joni?" And he says, "Oh, she's working, or she's at home today, or whatever." And I said, "Okay, well, give her my love." So he'll go home and say, "Karen gives her gives you her love," mm-hmm. and and she'll go, "Which Karen?" Because she knows so many Karens. And he goes, "Iron Maiden." <laughs> 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 so he calls me Iron Maiden, and Joni goes, I "Like ball? it?" And you know how 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 serious Joni is mm-hmm. when she's like. Is that bother you? And I said, oh, no, that doesn't bother me at all. And mm-hmm. and, and I thought, Iron Maiden, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, my body is full of, like. It's freaking badass. It's it's full of metal. Like, I should be bionic by now, but I'm not. Well, this, so, I'm this, a little fragile. Yeah. But, actually, I'm quite fragile. But, fragile um, and
1: tough as nails, which is weird, right? Like, Yeah,
2: yeah. It's just so and, st- I, and I've gone through so many medical miracles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but I, I will say, I after the incident when I was 37 and had the heart attack, yeah. I'm looking forward. Now, please, Lord don't take me away today if it's you know it's maybe not your will uh, like please don't let it be your will today for me to go <laughs> agreed <laughs> but when i when you do bring me home mm-hmm. i have no fear yeah i just want to go fast yeah right i don't want to like lay and suffer for and i've already got that in my will yeah like i get kind of crazy before surgeries and mm-hmm. i'm like Should I go to the lawyer and redo my will and, and have them, you know, but it's already in there, like no heroic measures, you know, unless she's able to get better and be a hundred percent. But if I'm hooked up to every outlet in the room, unplug it. Yeah. Like. So yeah, before a big surgery, I have to take that with me to the hospital yeah. and let them know that, you know, I have a living will and I, and I'm okay to go, so mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's just the life I've been given. Mm-hmm. And you know, a, a friend of mine said to me, "Have you ever asked why?" You turned out to be an alcoholic. And did you ever ask why you have this rheumatoid arthritis? Hmm. And I said, I've never asked God why. Hmm. Never why me? Yeah.
1: Why not me? It's probably why you're such a badass. Well, it's part of what makes you such a badass, right?
2: Why not like... me, though? Yeah, exactly. Right? Well, I can, I can help other people. Yeah. And I do, I well, I used to help a lot of people at the Arthritis Society that were newly diagnosed mm-hmm. that wanted to put a gun to their head and, yeah. you know, like one gal was 41 years old and she was a triathlete and one morning she literally woke up and every joint in her body was like this, oh my just, God. she was like this, she couldn't move, oh, she couldn't get up. Yeah. And... The people that have been in my life, like my significant others, I've been single a long time, but I just met up with an ex from years back and we spent on and off many years together. And he he was there. I've always dated athletes for some reason. I'm like the complete opposite of an athlete. (laughs) Like I've never been able to do do phys ed or I think the only thing I did was play volleyball. And that's why my wrists had to be fused at 19 years old. Right. You know, because I played volleyball and plus did hair and hurt myself. But uh, um, I, he was the only person left on my um, amends list, and wow. I never, ever, ever thought I'd make amends to this guy. Mm-hmm. But he does. He, he, I don't know if he gets it or not, but you know, he's still in my heart. Um, and I told him that, and uh, but he was so good to me, mm-hmm. so good to me. Like even you know, you go on prednisone, you blow up to two hundred pounds, yeah. and here's this athlete and And he would carry me. I I said to him, do you remember the day where like I crawled to my car from the salon and I got into this IROC and I pulled myself up and I got into the car and I was driving with my arms like this Mm -hmm. to his house. And I just laid on the horn when I got on the driveway. I just laid on the horn and he came out and he lifted me out of the car and carried me in the house. Mm -hmm. And I thought like. How many guys do that, right? But everyone I've dated since him has never had a problem with, you know, and and my insecurity is, who's ever going to want me? Mm. You know, who's ever going to want to be with me when I'm scarred from head to toe and I look like a road map and, you know, I've got rheumatoid arthritis? Well, you know... It, it's never been an issue.
1: I was going to say, probably not an issue. Yeah.
2: It, it really yeah. hasn't been. Yeah. So I had to thank my first love, who who we met up a few weeks back, and, and uh, he, he just kind of looked at me like, what are you thanking me for? And I just said, you were really kind to me for many mm. years, and we had a really lot of good years yeah.
1: together. That's nice to be able to just look at yeah. it for what it was, right? And Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I said, and then and then the alcohol and the drugs and mm. he's like, Oh God, Karen, that's not your fault. My God, everyone was smoking dope mm. and doing this and doing that and anyways, so we got through that, but we had a nice nice time and he says, How about meet me at the park we used to always go to? Mm. So we're at this park that has this big pond and he's like, Didn't it used to have a fountain? And I'm like, Yeah, it did. And we used to always walk to this park. I haven't been to the park since and it's Mm. been like, I don't know, eighteen years or something. Oh wow. Seventeen or eighteen years since I saw him and anyways it was good. It was good, so and he's a tennis pro, so he's fit. Yeah. And he's too thin. He's running every morning at nine or four o'clock in the morning. Whoa. And like, he's just, he's too thin. That sounds unhealthy. actually. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody who gets up at four in the morning. Four in the friggin' morning. And he goes, I actually run this park and it's kind of spooky when it's still dark. And I'm like, no kidding. (laughs) I wouldn't be running like with all these trees everywhere. I wouldn't be running this park but it has quite a good track around it. Yeah. So he runs it and, and he's a runner. But I, I did want to say to him, like, please don't lose any more weight. You're too thin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we get older, we start to look older when we're too, too thin. It, it does.
1: It it adds the age, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So anyways, I was able to make that last amend on that list from 20 mm-hmm. some odd years ago. Wow which was fantastic. I mean I'm constantly making amends mm-hmm. like yesterday I had one of the worst days of my recovery with with my sponsor and and uh, um, I was accused of maybe telling a lie mm. and I'm shocked so I have to deal with that but anyways that that's okay that's it's just it was a really bad day yesterday and so i'm glad today's here mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> we try to stay in the moment right yeah not go back to yesterday not go back to way back when mm-hmm. or tomorrow or when this surgery's coming but she sent me a really nice message saying you're going to do great tonight mm-hmm. karen and good luck
1: you're do, you've so. done fantastic it's been it's been so amazing
2: well i I really I don't know what else to say. I'm clean and sober and I'm grateful and I have God, and that's the only way mm-hmm. and you know i I do want to say yeah, when I first got sober, my fella who I met up with a couple mm-hmm. weeks back or a month ago or whenever it was um he goes, enough of this God stuff, Karen. You know, like when you're first in the program, it's like, I found God, yeah. you know. And, but I, I always knew God. Mm-hmm. I always knew. I, I didn't grow up in church or anything like that. But my mom, as a single mom you know, there's thunderstorms, right? Mom would say, God's just moving his furniture around (laughs) up in heaven. So we always knew there was a God, or we'd go to Sunday school with a friend or something like that. I think we had Sunday school for one year or two, but that was about it. But um, um, I remember Lance always saying, like, Karen, enough of the God stuff, my God. It's like you. It's like God this, God that. Mm-hmm. It's all you talk about. And I said, but you know, it's really hard because you don't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm working the steps, and I'm. Uh, and he said, you've just become this really good person. And I said, it's because I have God, right? And he's like, Oh, here we go again. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly.
2: But then he had to teach some lessons, and I'll never forget this. He had to teach. He was a tennis. He's he's a tennis pro. So he taught lessons at the Glencoe, but he had some private lessons in Invermere. And his brother had a house on the lake in Invermere. And he called me one morning at like six in the morning. And he's like, you have no idea how beautiful it is here. I I set the timer on the coffee machine, he said. And coffee was brewing when I woke up. And I walk outside. And I hear the birds chirping and the, the lake was as clear as glass and the mountains are right there. And I look up and I can see, I can see the, the snow on the tip of the mountains and I can hear the birds chirping and the, and the sun's just coming up and I'm like, that's God. Hmm. God created all of that. And he never, ever, ever said anything about God since that day. Yeah, wild. Because he got it. Yeah, right.
1: Well, it made sense to him. Yeah,
2: it it made sense that way. Yeah, doesn't doesn't have to be a Christian God for him. Yeah, precisely. It was his the creator. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something bigger than you mm-hmm. that created this. Whereas for me, it's it's a Christian God, and that's mm-hmm. okay. Um,
1: it, it's. I think. Like the universe expresses itself in different ways to different people, right?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I'm so grateful to know you and your dad. Oh, thank you. Your dad did my papa's um, celebration of life. Oh, did he? hmm 18 my, I, years ago. Wow.
1: My dad is gifted. At, your dad is yeah. so gifted. Yeah, he is.
2: And your dad used to say to me, and then after then I quit going to the recovery church and I don't know why. Yeah. And when I would run into your dad, he'd say, Come on back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'll be back. I'll be back, Pastor Wayne. Don't worry. And then of course I met you mm-hmm. and years and years and years ago when you yep. had short, short hair. Yep. And clean cut. Clean cut. Good looking, looking kid. Yeah. Good looking kid. I'm like, who's this kid sitting beside Jim Cole? Right. I'm like, Jimmy. Yeah. Who's this kid? Yeah. And then I hadn't seen David for like recently. Like, there say, was a few years. There was a, there was a few year gap. Yeah. And uh, and then all of a sudden I see David. He's got this long hair and this beard, and I'm like, Holy Dinah! This guy just like completely changed and but your soul is so like you're the most gentle gentle kindest man Hmm. i've ever met oh thank you for saying that it's true thank you
1: i get i come by it like i was taught i was fortunate i i get to I had my mom on before you came. She, this was the, it was three years in. Your where,
2: mom's a beautiful woman, right? Maryland She's amazing, is just something else. And when whenever someone
1: now says the wonderful things you just said about me, I think of my mom and dad oh, because yeah. I know where it comes from, right? Like they. I'm so
2: grateful. Yeah. You know, I I actually uh, I'm jealous of that family mm-hmm. closeness that you have. Yeah, because I don't have that. It's, I mean it's, it's I'm lucky. I'm close to my family but mm. um not like really super yeah. close right so excuse me No please It's okay
1: this is a part of our life now
2: Yeah right is it ever right Yeah masks and 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 I've got allergies so and I've had something in this eye like all day so my nose is running Oh <laughs> Anyways, I'm like, make it go away, Lord, because I have to put some mas- some mascara on if I'm going to see David and Darcy. I said, even gonna, though I haven't Darcy, met... Darcy,
1: would you mind getting a picture before yeah. we forget? Yeah. yeah. Is oh, it okay wow. if we take a picture? Yeah. 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 We'll just sit here because we're comfortable. Oh,
2: goodness.
3: Yeah.
1: Try not good.
2: to get me looking too fat.
1: You are beautiful. Aw.
3: <laughs> Thank, right
2: Thank you, Darcy. Thank you, Darcy. Yeah. So life's good. Yeah. Life's good today. Well, w-
1: when you, when we look at it, like it's good, it becomes good. Right.
2: Yeah. You know,
1: yeah. and it's, it's one of those things, like, like I said, you're one of the toughest people I've ever met. Like when I, and I, when we're in meetings or wherever we are, and I listen to you share and I, that humbles me, David. Oh, it really... well, I, I mean it, I mean it a hundred percent because the, just what you share is compassionate, even though you, you obviously <clears throat> might have any reason to not be compassionate. Right. Uh, being a person with chronic pain, I cannot imagine how much pain you're in right yeah. at any given time yeah. um, but I know how annoying it is sometimes to be in pain, right It's hard. Yeah, yeah. it's really hard. It's really really,
2: really yeah. hard. And I imagine yours is a hundred times harder, right like- so I, I just <clears throat> try to you know close my eyes mm-hmm. and ask God to help me get through the moment yeah. moment by moment. And, uh, if it's a really tough situation then it's in your hands, Lord, like it's in your hands. Cause mm-hmm. I can't do this. And what's the last promise? Shoot. The 12 promises. Yeah. God will do for us yeah. what we cannot do, do for ourselves. Yeah. Somehow get us through it. Right. That's what I say. Every time yeah. I take a birthday. And in March it'll be twenty three years if I make it to March, mm-hmm. right? And um I always say, I can't do this. Like, how mm-hmm. am I gonna do this surgery? Yeah. I've got one one arm that doesn't have a tricep, <clears throat> so it's a floppy arm. See it this when it mm-hmm. gets up too high, yeah, it just flops. flops. I have no control over it. So I remember the first time I was laying in bed and I was pulling the sheets up over in my and it, oh <laughs> I hit my eye I had this black eye and I'm like oh no <laughs> I have a black eye for like two weeks oh jeez because my arm is just this floppy arm so this is my bad arm I'm left-handed however when they fused my wrist I became ambidextrous yeah. And as a child, they didn't give me left-handed scissors because they tried to make me right-handed. That's what they used to do. But I was also dyslexic. Is that how you say it? Yeah. 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 So, But I used to write K-A-R-E-N. So I used to write backwards from right to left, and I carved my name in one of the leaves of a dining room table mm. that my mom had. And my mom had given this maple table to one of her friends, which we called and we called her Auntie Di, because okay. she was such a close friend of my mom's. Auntie Di and oh. Uncle Ted. One day, I look at this table, and I'm like, that's a familiar table from when I was a kid. And here's Karen carved. Backwards in the leaf to make the table bigger. Yeah. And I'm like, I remember. And then all of a sudden I had this flashback of my mom saying Karen Ann. And when it was Karen Ann, I was in trouble. Yeah. Catherine Margaret was my sister, Kathy. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was Catherine Margaret, she was in trouble. If it was Karen Ann, yeah. we were in trouble. She called us both up and she went, she knew it was me. Mm. I wrote backwards. <laughs> <laughs> right? I was left handed. Yeah. So I wrote this way <laughs> and I carved it with a pen. Yeah. Right? And she's like, and I said, I didn't do it, mommy. I didn't do it. And my sister's like, Two years older than me, and she's like, Oh, don't you blame it on me. (laughs) So we'd either get the the wooden spoon or the yardstick.
1: Okay. Yeah, we got the wooden spoon, you bet.
2: Over our butt. Yeah. And mom would take me into the we'd go into the spare bedroom and she'd go, Okay, now do you want to lay on my lap or do you want to lay on the bed? And do you want the wooden spoon or the yardstick? And I'm like, the wooden spoon yardsticks too long so it'll hurt more and I'll lay on the bed because it's softer than your lap yeah and she'd say this is hurting me just as much even more than it's hurting you I think every good
1: person who was spanking their child back then said the same thing I know because
2: it probably did hurt them and you know what it of course it hurt them and I mean how could it not and today oh my God, you'll be called, I mean, you'd be charged. Yeah, you'd
1: be in jail. Like, you'd
2: be in jail. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's just so different. And and I, I turned out okay. But, Better you know, okay, my dad yeah. is a lovely man today. My my biological dad, okay. even though he left when I was a little girl, Um, he's a beautiful soul, and he's... Uh, very uh, quite unwell right now mm-hmm. he has i ipf
1: and you mentioned he's in his 80s right yeah he's 85
2: yeah. and so he can't breathe very well mm-hmm. and he just takes a couple steps and then he's right out of breath so it's like a pulmonary fibrosis okay and um it's it's uh i can tell how bad it is it's it's bad, and. I love him more than ever. Um, but it was my stepdad who raised me yeah. and gave me the life I have. And uh, and then when I went to treatment, my dad didn't know about the intervention. Mm-hmm. And so I went and told him everything, and him and his wife everything. Mm-hmm. And I asked them to please not say a word. And, I mean, I'm coming off this fender, right?
1: Mm. No, you can swear. You can yeah. edit that out. No, it's okay.
2: And I almost got my mom to say fuck, so that was... Oh, dear. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> Marilyn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, he was kind of pissed that he wasn't part of the intervention mm. and that he didn't know what the heck was going on. Yeah. And, and I think he was maybe still drinking back then. And he slammed, I asked him not to say a word and I spilled my guts and I told them everything I've done and the whole, well, every skeleton was out of the closet and I'm going to treatment and he threw his fist down on the table and said, I am effing perfect because I said, I think my, maybe my disease came from, you know, in the blood from your side. And he didn't like that. Mm-hmm. It's probably because he was looking in the mirror. Yeah. You know, yeah. quit drinking on a, I don't know how many thousand dollar debt, but, or thousand dollar bet, but um, he drank. He drank and quit drinking on for this. I don't know what it was. It was a big bet with my uncle. My uncle fell off the wagon, so my dad got the thousands. Anyways, never took another drink again. Um, offered me a drink the day I got out of you know, the week after I got out of treatment, what can I get you to drink? Yeah. You know, sent his son to treatment and his son still drinks today. I don't know if he drinks today now, but he did for years after he came home from treatment in the States. And, uh, I haven't touched anything until, um, a relapse that happened and, The relapse that happened was I was getting my car fixed and they poured, it was really hot that day. And I said, I'll just have a Diet Pepsi. Mm -hmm. The lady, because the guy ran a business out of his garage and she poured me a Diet Pepsi. And then the other two guys had um, Ryan Diet Pepsi. And I ended up with the Ryan Diet Pepsi. And I took a drink of it and swallowed it. And loved it. Mm -hmm. Loved that feeling.
1: You were home, right? I was home. Yeah.
2: So I put it down and I said, I've got the wrong drink. And I'm loving the feeling that's going in my chest. Mm -hmm. And I called all my friends from three and a half years of recovery, sobriety, Mm -hmm. recovery, C-A-N-A-A-A. And they were all there for me that Mm -hmm. night and I went right into the meeting that night and I said this is what happened and started over Mm -hmm. and everyone's like but it wasn't your fault and and it's like doesn't matter I loved it yeah I loved it and I wanted to drink it all Mm -hmm. and I wanted to like get out of there and go to the liquor store and you know
1: you weren't fucking around is what you're saying right yeah because it's not something at that point you knew you can't fuck around with this
2: right yeah because that was the gateway yeah. to the white powder. Yeah. Yeah. For me. Because um, it took my pain away, right? Yeah. But then it made the pain much worse. Anyways, um, I'll never forget. My dad quit talking to me for... Um, it was either 12 or 14 years mm-hmm. after in the first 14 years of my recovery. Wow. And... Um, or sobriety. And um, he said he was effing perfect. And I thought, if you were so effing perfect, where were you when I needed you? Mm-hmm. You know, as a kid, right? Yep, of course. You know, my sister accepted my stepdad. I yeah. didn't. Yeah. I didn't <clears> like <throat> this old man who's moving in my house and taking my mom away from me. And yeah. I can't sleep with her anymore. And now they're socialites in the mm-hmm. oil business. Ta, ta, ta. <laughs> you know and Kathy called him dad Mm -hmm. whereas I called him John and my dad was on the other side of the world yeah and I prayed to God every night for him to bring my dad home and he finally came back to Canada in 1987 in November right before the 88 Olympics okay and so came back into my life. And um, then all this shit happened mm-hmm. with my using and drinking. And, and uh, then he quit talking to me again. And I walked out of his house and his wife said, Jack, you're going to lose your daughter. And he goes, let her go. Wow. And then on my 40th birthday, we met for lunch. Mm-hmm. So for the last. 14 years I've had him back in my life. Nice.
1: Thank you for tuning in this week to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Please stay tuned every Wednesday as we air another episode. Thank you for your time. And please, if you're in trouble, reach out. If you need to contact us at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca or you can look for us on Facebook under Freedoms Path Recovery Society. Thank you again for tuning in. Please stay tuned for upcoming groups, activities, and podcasts.